observation tells me that the input and output ratio of many Christians in the West is not that flattering. True? That the input-output ratio of many Christians in the West is not that flattering, partially because we are a consumer society. We only want it to go one way. But that's not what discipleship looks like. If the average farmer or the average business operated on the same ratio as Christians do, input-output, I don't think sustainability would be a word they would use in their vocabulary. It just wouldn't happen. And this isn't a judgment. This is just simply an observation. It's the world I live in. It's the world you live in. But we don't have to settle for that, do we? We can be counterculture. And in fact, I think that if we have relationship with Jesus and we understand his expectations on us, we have to live counterculture. He's a God who expects a return on his investment. One, two, five talents. He expects a return. And so we have input, we receive, we receive, we receive. The question this morning is, what does the output look like? What's the output of your life look like? I just want to get straight to the point this morning because uh, I want to talk about you. And I'm talking about me, but I'm going to say you rather than being exclusive because I want you to feel it. What does the output of your life look like? I want to survey us this morning. And I'm not going to have any hands in the air. Uh, This is about you and God, okay? This is, we've been talking, we've been in John 15, abide in me and you will produce fruit all year. This is our last 9am for the year. It's a good time to do a little bit of reflection and see if we've actually absorbed anything that's doing any good or if we've simply absorbed. Okay? You're very quiet. I probably would be too. It's all right. So, but, but before we survey, let's just revisit what fruit is. What fruit looks like according to John 15, because we discovered that the fruit of John 15 in a believer's life includes, but is not limited to, making disciples. Matthew 28, go into all the world, make disciples. We discovered it that it includes, but it's not limited to, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We discovered that it is includes but is not limited to throughout the New Testament being generous, being honest in our affairs and being content, primarily it was talking about, with our pay. And then from John 15 directly, we learned that it includes but is not limited to a desire to remain in his love, obedience to his commands, joy, loving each other, and putting others' need ahead of our own. There's a wide variety of fruit that comes from being connected, from abiding, from remaining in Christ. So are we ready to survey? Here's how it's going to work. All I want you to do is look at your own life. Don't think about the person sitting on the left or right. This is about you. This is about you and Jesus This is about whether your life is fruitful, okay? Because only you can fix that at the end of the day. But you've got to be honest. But that's all right, you're Christians. And that is one of the fruit, honesty. 
So one is I'm less than what I was a year ago. Two is I'm the same as what I was a year ago. Three is I have increased than what I was a year ago. Okay? Is that too complicated? One is less. Two is the same. Three is more. And I need you to do this math in your head. I know, I'm pushing it. Oh, if you've got a calculator, you do that. That's good. I'd rather get it wrong in my head than have the evidence in front of me, though. Okay. Making disciples. Are you one, two, or three? One less, two the same, three more than last year. Now, you've got to, you've got to keep the score because you've got to add the scores together. So whatever your score was, the next question is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Are you the, uh, less than you were last year? Are you the same as you were last year? Or are you more than you were last year? One, two, or three, add that to the first number. Equals? It's all right. I'm being clear enough in my instructions. You got that? Great. Generosity. One, two, or three. Add it. Honesty in our affairs. One, two, or three. Add it. You can have a half if you'd like, if you've got the brain power to work that through. Contentment. Particularly the scripture talks about with our pay. But contentment. One, two, or three. Add it. Desire to remain in him. One, two, or three. Edit. Obedience to his commands. One, two, or three. Edit. You okay? You've got a running total in your head? You're all up with it? Good. Joy. Which actually is one of the fruit of the Spirit. But joy. Because John mentions it directly. One, two, or three. Love. Loving each other. One, two, or three. Putting others' needs ahead of our own. One, two, or three. Hopefully you've got a total. There were 10 there, which means the maximum score you could have got is 30. So if you're sitting on 45 or something, you need to recheck the honesty one. The maximum you could have got is 30. So we know that God expects a return on investment, on talents. He expects us to be fruitful because that's what John 15 talks about all the way through, is that if we remain in him, if we stay connected, we will produce fruit. But here's the deal. If you didn't get 20 or more, you're the one talent person. Remember the story? One talent, just put it in the sand. If you didn't get 20 or more, we're not being fruitful. That's scary, eh? How's your input-output ratio? Because, man, we've had some input. How's the output? 
Now, only you know what you scored. No one else knows. No one else needs to know. Just you and God need to have a conversation on that. I'm not even going to congratulate you if you did well. And I'm certainly not going to judge you if you did poorly. Just evaluate yourself. And remember that God is a God who expects a return on investment. He expects a return on our lives. He expects our lives to be fruitful. Now, the beauty of God is fruitfulness is not a prerequisite into coming into relationship with him. Fruitfulness is a result of being connected to him. You've got to remember that. You don't have to measure up to anything to come into relationship. That's not what it's about. Coming into relationship is simply come as you are. But then once we're walking with him, once we're on the journey with him, he expects fruitfulness in our lives. That's part of his expectation, is that our lives will produce fruit. And here's the really, really upsetting bit. Verse 3. You are already pruned back by the message I have spoken to you, or by the logos I have spoken to you. Essentially, you're already pruned back by the revelation of Jesus and who he is. He is the cosmic mediator between God and the world, who is the personification of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the one that came, died on the cross, was risen from the dead, that when we connect with him, we shall have eternal life when we receive him. That is who he is. And what the scripture is saying there is, you're already pruned back. In other words, you've already had a revelation of this, so you are without excuse. So I am without excuse. Another way of putting that, We've had a revelation of who Jesus is, so now we are positioned to be fruitful. We are positioned to return, to bring a return. I personally find that incredibly challenging. So I guess today, in a nutshell, the message is very, very simple. It's this, it's a question. Are you, or is your life showing a return on investment? Are you producing fruit? Because Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. Those who do not remain in me are in strife, my paraphrase. Remain in me and my words will remain in you. And when you produce fruit, not if you produce fruit, when you produce fruit, fruit, and when, the key to when is to remain. The key to when is to remain building relationship with Christ, because that will return fruit. I like John, I'm just going to go and find it, John chapter, uh, 1 John, sorry, chapter 2. trying to find it. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28. It says this, 1 John chapter 2 verse 28 and 29. It says, and now dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ or abide with Christ so that when he returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. 
If our lives are producing fruit, we're going to remain in courage. If our lives aren't producing fruit, if our lives aren't producing a return, we are going to go, oh my goodness, muck that one up. Since, verse 29, since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. In other words, remaining in me will produce righteousness. And righteousness will produce fruit. It's quite a simple formula, really. So I guess to close that, I'll just go see her. Stop, pause, think. Whatever you do, don't let my words be words of judgment. They're not that. If they're a little bit confronting, that's okay. But don't let them judge you. But please do allow them to stir you to have a conversation with Jesus about how your life's looking, about the fruit that your life is producing. Because at the end of the day, he's got a job. You know, I was walking through India. Uh, in Kolkata, actually, I was walking with the, the CEO of Freeset. And um, amazing man. Just We're walking up. He, he knows, he knows um, he's been there 19 years. He knows many of the girls that were standing out on the street by name. He knows many of the guys that live, because it's, you know, it's a suburban area, that are walking around, that live and work and eat and sleep there. He knows them by name. Uh, some of the girls were growling him, where have you been? Because he's been in America for the last month. Where have you been? Why have you not been here for the last month? And I was just watching him walk and the compassion that he carried. And, and he looked at me and he said, you know, he said, this is my favorite place on the whole planet. It's a disgusting place. It's filthy. It's deprived. It's everything. It's disgusting. He just looks. This is my favorite place on the planet. In fact, they're just trying to get this new apartment. Um, uh, uh, they've got, they live in the, the factory building. They've got some rooms. And when I say apartment, I mean three basic rooms, which is one story up, right bang smack in the middle of the area, just because they want to be there. And I go, wow, there's fruit. Now, that's the fruit that he's called to produce. Might not be the fruit you're called to produce or I'm called to produce, but we are all called to be fruitful. As I said, a, a fruitful life is not the prerequisite for coming into relationship with Jesus. It's the result of coming into relationship with Jesus. And I would hate for you to walk away thinking, well, I'm not good enough. I'd hate for you to walk away today thinking, I, I can't come to Jesus because my life's a mess, so I haven't got all the, the boxes ticked, so I haven't got everything in a row. Well, that's the whole reason Jesus went to the cross. As we heard in communion. He went to the cross, he died on that cross, he rose from the dead. That whole process was about restoring relationship with you and I. And he will take us however he finds us wherever he finds us, no matter how broken we are, no matter what's going on 
in our world, no matter what you're addicted to, no matter what your problems are. That's why he went to the cross. And I wonder if there's anyone in the room this morning that's never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. You've never said to Jesus, yes, I choose you. Yes, I want to walk this life with you. Yes, I know my life's a mess, but I know you're the answer. Yes, I know I can't do it on my own. Yes, I know that I'm designed to be in relationship with my creator, with my God, with my maker. And all he looks for is a yes. All he looks for is us to saying yes to his invitation. He takes care of the rest. All our mistakes, all our wrongdoings, in the Bible it uses the word sin for those things. Basically means wherever we missed the mark. He takes all of that stuff and removes it. We don't do a thing. He takes it, he removes it. We just say, yes, I want to walk with you. And then, then he says, okay, let's make something out of your life. Let's do something with you that could not happen on your own. Let's do something with your world, with your life, that's going to produce a fruit that could not happen without me. You know, I'm sitting in the Punjab talking to these people, thinking, <clears throat> how the heck did this happen? I don't even like India. It's dirty, it's busy, there's people everywhere. I love the people there. How did this happen? Only God. Only God. I wouldn't have written it in the story. I would have written Hawaii, maybe. I used to try that when I was young. Lord, send me anywhere but Hawaii. <laughs> trying to play a game. Never worked. He said, oh, fix you. I'll send you to Hamilton. It starts with an H. <laughs> yeah. But God will take your life and you will do something with it that you couldn't do on your own. You just couldn't. Because it's in his plan and purpose. He says, let's make you fruitful with eternal fruit. 